0: Hey guys, welcome back to WCULA Operation Pass NCLEX. This is podcast number four. We've got a crash course on mental health, specifically personality disorders, and I'm your host, Dean McKee. Here's our weekly re-ca- recap. Graduated students, remember again, email Joan Wheeler regarding renewed access to VATI or Board Vitals if you're going to expire soon. If you scheduled your NCLEX or you changed your date. Please send Joan an email updating your status. You can find her information in the podcast description below. 493 students, your exit exam is coming. Two more weeks and you will be WCU graduates. Your pinning ceremony is Wednesday, October 14th. I hope to see you drive by and receive your lamps and pins. This is your home stretch, guys. Finish hard. Don't forget you have the three-day live review, the 28th, 29th, and 30th. This review is part of your 493 curriculum and attendance is mandatory. Any other WCU students listening in, remember, take it one day at a time, give 100% of what you have, and you will never be ashamed of the result. In this week's podcast, we're going to be discussing personality disorders. Given that there are 10 different disorders in three different clusters, in my opinion, this is one of the harder concepts to grasp. Hopefully we can make this a little easier for you to understand. What are the commonalities seen in a patient with a personality disorder that would lead one to suspect that they are dealing with a patient who has a personality disorder as opposed to a psychotic disorder? Pathological personality characteristics which entail impairments in self-identity or self-direction along with interpersonal functioning. You'll see that these behaviors are not always recognized by the person exhibiting them as dysfunctional. They believe that their behavior is normal and acceptable while everyone else is in the wrong. Personality disorders are usually seen concurrently with depression, anxiety, eating, or substance abuse disorders, okay? So you'll see a trend in patients with personality disorders, and that trend is that they have pathological personality characteristics, pathological meaning something that's detrimental to their everyday functioning, right? It's detrimental to their ability to work, it's detrimental to relationships, it's detrimental to social functions, things like that. Okay. Defense mechanisms that are used by patients with personality disorders are similar and often seen in interactions in which a defense mechanism isn't warranted. So you'll find that patients with personality disorders have a need to put up or to use a defense mechanism When the situation really doesn't call for it, all right, splitting is probably one of the more common. In this situation, you'll have a patient who tells you at the start of shift, oh, I'm so glad you're here. The nurse before you was just awful. She's the worst nurse in the world. I've seen you before. You were just the greatest nurse that I've ever seen, okay? That's splitting. All right, and you'll see how it correlates to a couple of other different personality disorders as we go on. Repression is another defense mechanism that's often used. So here's the difference. There's repression and there's suppression, okay? The two are not interchangeable and they usually get confused in a testing situation. So suppression is a conscious removal of the feeling. Repression is a subconscious removal. All right, so things are repressed subconsciously, and what is repressed are painful thoughts, um, dangerous urges, hurtful urges, um, things that would not be socially accepted or socially warranted, and the patient will subconsciously shove it to the back of their mind. All right, they'll never really be able to acknowledge that they said, felt, heard, whatever. that emotion or that thought. That being said, even though it's in their subconscious, it still bubbles up to the conscious level and it interferes with relationships, okay? So let's say um, you have a female patient whose grandfather used to always scream at her and call her bad, horrible names whenever she watched Elvis Presley on TV okay because grandfather thought that she was over sexualizing Elvis Presley this scarred the patient enough that she repressed those feelings right of shame and self-doubt when it came to music with male singers okay this person on um, perhaps when she's grown and she's with her significant other and that significant other is male the patient will rapidly turn off the radio if there's a male singer, all right? So she suppressed the feelings that her grandfather made her cause, made her feel. She probably can't even recall the circumstance ever happening. But for whatever reason, when there is a male significant other in the room and a male performer comes on the radio, she quickly switches it off, all right? That is a subconscious defense mechanism. So suppression, is the conscious decision to suppress particular feelings. An example of suppression is when you're counting to 10 because you're angry, right? You are consciously suppressing the desire to yell or scream or throw something or behave in a way that would be otherwise inappropriate, all right? Regression is going back to behaviors from a younger developmental stage that made you feel safe. A good example of this is if a um, female gets into a fight with her significant other, and it's the first fight that they've had since they moved in together, she instinctively runs back home and goes to spend the night at her parents' house in her old bedroom. She is regressing back because she felt threatened from a situation. So she's regressing back to a period in time where she felt safe. Reaction formation is when you have a um, a, a, an initial thought about a situation that is otherwise shameful so you overcompensate for that initial thought a good example of this one is a um, let's say it's a young 21 year old just graduated from college female who gets pregnant after going to a club one night. okay her first Thoughts might be of abortion or adoption or not wanting the baby or regret for going out okay she later makes the decision to keep the child when the child is born she feels guilt for the initial feelings of wanting abortion and so on and so forth in the beginning of the pregnancy so she overcompensates that is reaction formation it's an overcompensation for a feeling or a reaction that someone once had in the past so that they can justify and make themselves feel as if that overreaction wasn't didn't initially happen. Undoing is the last defense mechanism, and that's a little bit similar to reaction formation. Okay, um, this one is more along the lines of the phrase "kill them with kindness." Undoing is um, consciously treating someone the exact opposite of how you are feeling. All right, the difference between undoing and reaction formation, reaction formation is unconscious. Undoing is conscious. okay? So undoing is uh, when you go to work and there's the gossipy coworker that you can't stand to work with, and you've had such angered feelings towards her, that maybe you've had a couple of bad thoughts of, you know, throwing the stapler at her or something, right? You know that that is a wrong action. So to prevent yourself from having those thoughts and wanting to do that, you make a conscious decision that I am going to be overly kind to her until she stops gossiping or whatever the problem might be. All right. So now we know a couple of our defense mechanisms, we're gonna go into the risk factors for personality disorders. What it means by risk factors for personality disorders, what circumstances can happen that might cause the development of, right? So substance abuse disorders, uh, criminal histories, including violent or nonviolent and Mm -hmm. or sexual crimes, childhood abuse, traumas, uh, monkey wrenches that are thrown into developmental stages when you are little that links these personality disorders to parenting and family relationships there's also a genetic uh side to personality disorders such as if someone in your family has it there might be a genetic link and biochemical factors okay so noted expected behaviors in people with personality disorders These are signs and symptoms, okay? So negative reactions to stress. Nobody likes stress. Everybody has a bad reaction to stress. That being said, a person with a personality disorder is going to have an outrageous negative reaction to stress, okay? They're going to feel so overwhelmed that they refuse to do anything else and they lay down in bed and they zone out to TV and they eat junk food. That's more than you know, just taking a break, right? They overreact to stress. So they have some uh, compulsiveness or a lack of social restraint, all right? These are people that will walk into uh, a funeral and they're going to make a joke and get angry when no one laughs. These are people that are often thought of as one-uppers. They always have to have the more shocking, scary, or traumatic story they uh miss social cues or they purposely ignore social cues there's a they constantly mention uncomfortable topics you know if they know that maybe abortion isn't a topic of conversation to have around their cousins they're going to constantly bring it up because they want to goad them into a fight okay um these are also people who brag about themselves When there's no relation to the to the topic during the course of a during the course of a discussion there might be a social discussion going on about everybody's family dogs and this person will suddenly bring in the tale that you know um they got first place in an arm wrestling match 10 years ago so they have an inability to emotionally connect in social and professional relationships They don't understand the emotional cues that are coming from people. So um, let's say there's a a sober mood in the office because the secretary's husband died suddenly the day prior. Everybody in the office is aware, including our person with a personality disorder. And while everybody's trying to be quiet and respect the feelings of the secretary, who for whatever reason had to come into work, he barges in with a box of donuts and then gets angry that nobody is happy and thankful that he brought donuts. They have a tendency to provoke interpersonal conflict. So this is more than just standing up for themselves and for their boundaries. This is when they picket people that they have relationships with, whether it be friends, family, children, significant others, they tend to pick at them when there is nothing currently going on that would qualify as, quote, drama, right? They have to stir this drama. Um, this can also be similar to the inappropriate stress reaction okay um, the last one is that they merge personal boundaries with others these are people that you know maybe you've got bobby who's your friend and bobby has always said how much he hated to go sailing the water makes him seasick all of a sudden bobby starts dating susan and susan's family comes from uh, a group of sailors and so this girl she loves to go out on the ocean All of a sudden, Bobby, you overhear Bobby telling her, oh, I love going on sailboats. It's my favorite thing. I've gone on sailboats across the Atlantic Ocean. And she says, oh, we should go sailing. You know, my parents have a boat over in the marina. And Bobby says, yeah, let's go. We can go right now. You know that Bobby doesn't like the ocean. But he is merging his personal boundaries with hers so that she will like him. Okay, it's more than just making a compromise with a significant other. If you don't like to go to the mall, but your significant other likes to go to the mall and they, you know, really want you to go with them this weekend, that's compromising. Okay, compromising is very different than merging boundaries. There's no discussion in merging boundaries, there's no forewarning in merging boundaries. It is literally a flip of a switch that you know this person has always disliked a particular thing, but when there's a love interest or somebody that they want to get close to, all of a sudden this hated thing is now their most favorite. So looking at our personality disorders, the easiest way to do this is to remember them by clusters. Okay? We have three clusters, cluster A, B, and cluster C. So cluster A, is paranoid, schizoid, and schizotypal. And we're gonna go over what these are once we go through this list. Cluster B is antisocial, borderline, histrionic, and narcissistic. And cluster C is avoidant, dependent, and obsessive compulsive. So cluster A, we have paranoid, schizoid, and schizotypal, all right? A-list actors have portrayed characters with these eccentric traits, all right? Cluster A are the three disorders that are have odd or eccentric traits. And you remember A by A-list actors, okay? So paranoid, schizoid, and schizotypal. Paranoid behaviors, they show a distrust in others and a belief that others want to harm, exploit, or deceive them. These are different, this is different, than your schizophrenia with paranoia, all right? This is just a personality disorder, so just a person with paranoid beliefs, all right? Schizoid, again, different than schizophrenia. They show emotional detachment, there's no desire for close relationships, they don't care about praise or any lack thereof praise, and they're just uncooperative as a person on whole. This is very different than an introverted individual who doesn't really wanna go out on a party, doesn't care if they have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, none of that really matters, but they're cooperative, really nice people, okay? That's not schizoid. Schizoid personalities are those that Um, don't have a desire. They don't care if there's anybody close to them. They don't care if they have a best friend. They don't care if people like them. And they always have to play devil's advocate just to do it. Okay? That's how you can recognize a schizoid behavior. Schizotypal, they often have odd beliefs that cause interpersonal difficulties. A little bit different than schizoid. Okay? They're not necessarily confrontational. Like a schizoid personality disorder, schizotypal. Those are the odd beliefs, uh, and they have—they're very eccentric in appearance. There's magical thinking, perceptual distortions, n- not necessarily as far gone as a delusion or a hallucination. Okay. Um, if you want, you could think of um, her name starts with an L. She's in Harry Potter, Luna. Luna from Harry Potter is schizotypal, all right? Cluster B personalities. These are our dramatic, our emotional, and our erratic traits, all right? So you've got antisocial, antisocial personality disorders. Those are your serial killers, your uh, not night stalkers. Um, um, trying to think if there's any other serial killers I can name off the top of my head. Your domers, okay? They have zero regard for other people. They do not care. The only thing that matters is what makes them feel good. Nothing is ever their fault. There is no self-accountability. They could um, kill someone on purpose, but they're gonna say it's that person's fault because that person did something to cause it. They're very entitled, they're very manipulative, they're very impulsive, That being said, they are very seductive, they are very charming, and they are very engaging. When it comes to uh, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, a lot of his uh, prior female partners had no clue. Why? Because he was so charming. They're very, very good at hiding themselves until they're not. Borderline personality disorders. You'll notice that there's an instability of affect. Okay, they're happy one minute, they're sad the next. This is not to be confused with bipolar, very different than bipolar, okay? So there's an instability of affect, identity, and relationships. They split people, they manipulate, they're very impulsive, they're terrified of being abandoned, there could be a history of self-harm, and there's an irrational belief that they have caused something to happen or that something is about them, okay? Irrational beliefs that if they're walking through the store and people giggle, they're gonna think that that giggling is about them. And their impulsivity will come out because they're immediately gonna go run, get a new hairstyle, and buy a new wardrobe. Histrionic personalities, they are—they have emotional attention-seeking behaviors. This is their best friend that is constantly going after the people that you find attractive because she doesn't want attention to be off of her. Then there's the narcissist. They're very uh, arrogant. They have a fake, grandiose view of themselves. They think that they are something amazing when at best, they are mediocre. Note that I said that at best, they are mediocre. This could still be a CEO. This could still be a Fortune 500 company runner. However, his company is not as great as the number one Fortune 500 company runner, right? Then we have our cluster Cs. These are anxious or fearful traits that show insecurity and inadequacy. You're gonna remember cluster Cs. These are our chickens, okay? They are avoidant, right? They don't want to um, have close relationships. They're irrationally afraid of rejection, so they just never go after anything. They are dependent, so dependent personality disorder is one of them. They need that close behavior. These are your people that are gonna date drug addicts because they want someone to need them, all right? And that drug addict is going to need them. Um, And then we have our obsessive compulsive personality disorders. They focus to perfection on orderliness and control. This is different than type A people who really just have to have a lot of control, okay? Um, Often we joke, oh, I have OCD so it has to be perfect. People with true OCD personality disorders, they have, it interferes with their daily life. They're gonna lock that door for 20 minutes, even though that means they're going to be late for work and get fired. They can't help it. So when it comes to nursing care for these personality disorders, um, you need to make sure that you are doing a lot of self-assessment. Their behaviors can cause you to fall into their games. All right? one of the words for that is countertransference that you need to be aware of countertransference is if a patient is transferring something to you and then you start to embody that so if the splitting patient is telling you that you're the greatest nurse on earth that the nurse before you was the worst nurse in the world you're the only one that can take care of them properly countertransference is to start to feel like that patient is right that you are the only nurse that can take care of them properly You need to make sure when caring for patients with personality disorders that you give a firm response, realistic choices, you set firm limits. For our dependent and histrionic patients, they will benefit from assertiveness training and modeling. So if you are assertive with them, you are modeling the assertiveness training, okay? Um, There are schizoid and schizotypal personalities who are gonna wanna isolate themselves. Don't force them to have group participation. That being said, encourage them they can come out and they can sit in the room they don't have to engage but maybe you you should just come out and watch okay you want to encourage not force Uh, they do take medications medications are not going to cure a personality disorder a personality disorder cannot be cured it can only be worked with medications that they can take antidepressants anti anxiolytics antipsychotics and mood stabilizers you do have interprofessional care. Things like group therapy, psychotherapy, cognitive behavior therapy, um, dialectical behavioral therapy for self-harm behaviors will gradually teach the patients to learn to accept themselves and find validation for themselves. And then there's gonna be case management that you might have to work with. Things in the acute care setting, Uh, case managers are gonna focus on family reintegration, getting pertinent histories, and ensuring that there's appropriate referrals outpatient case management is going to focus on reducing hospitalizations and enhancing social support systems and that's all we have folks for podcast four that was a bit of a long one this is a bit of a heavy topic but probably one of the more difficult so thank you for being patient thank you for listening to us and I will catch you next week with podcast five